Hello, everyone. It is Tuesday. Welcome to MSP Initiative Live, Tuesday edition. Special uh, guest coming into the show today. We have Mike Brooks from Audit. He's filling in for Mr. Ken Patterson, who uh, got tied up and stuff today, but that's okay. New voices, new thoughts. There's never a bad bad uh, situation there. How you doing today, uh, Mike? Great, George. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Always learn something when I chat with you, man. 100%, man. I mean, listen, smart people, right? You get together, you never know where it goes. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, <clears throat> for people that don't know about Mike um why don't you go ahead and give your give a little bit of background on you your company that way they have an understanding where you're coming from on today you know as we as we just bounce around the world it world today right on yeah sure so i am mike brooks from audit audit sales presentation system um i'm director of sales and marketing there so my background is in marketing and and selling uh, mostly as a, a small business i owned two different businesses and i was the owner sales guy so I was always out there selling and doing all the marketing. And uh, a couple of years ago, Frank Benedetto, who is the founder of Audit, came to me and said, check this out. And actually, funny, funny enough, he, I, was, I was just coming in as, as like an extra set of eyeballs to take a look at what they were doing. This was just before they launched. I was like, oh, my God, I want this for my business. I, want, I was running a marketing agency at the time, and I fell in love with it. I was like, this is what I need to sell my business. So... I uh, got asked to become a, a partner in the company and we built it up and it's been going great. Awesome, man. Well, that's, that's good. So your two businesses that you, you know, you were, you know, driving on before, what, what, what were you doing? So my very first business, if you can call it a business was a martial arts school owner, kind of a, <laughs> usually, usually when, you know, I'd, I'd been doing martial arts, my, my youth and, uh, had the opportunity. I'd been working for about 10 years in, in corporate at that point. And I was like, I hate this. And, and funny enough, I was in, I graduated with a degree in business with a, a concentration in management information systems, which was the precursor of what IT was. So my first job out of college was as a IT guy in a company. And the guy who hired me after about three months asked me to not be an IT guy anymore. So I bounced around for a couple of years. Break, I worked. Did you break? Did you break more than you fixed, Mike? I mean, you, come on. I man. broke so much stuff. Like, and and after that, I got a job at another company. I, I kind of hunkered down and, and I tried to learn the technology stuff. And my the guy, as I quit in six months, the guy said, "You know, you you were starting to turn it around. I wish you would have stayed, and I should have probably stayed." Went to uh, another company that was this like startup. They had a Novell network. Remember those? Do they still have Novell networks? Not anymore, I hope. <laughs> but well, yeah. I broke it. I like deleted, I like blew up the whole thing and destroyed the backups or something. Like there was some, the whole network was destroyed. They had to like rebuild it. And, and uh, I was really, really bad at IT support. So found my way into more of customer service type uh, or client facing type roles. I did a little bit of programming through, through that, but mostly I was the guy, you know, I was really good at talking to people and, and more of a sales support, customer service support. And, and I had the opportunity to join my instructor at the time, who was a good friend of mine to help resuscitate this dying martial arts school and uh, fell in love with just running marketing, you know, cause I, 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 it was my, it was my thing. It was my hobby. And we turned that school from like, uh, I mean, it was, you know, it was making $2,000 a month as a part-time thing when I, when I jumped in there. And by the time I was done, it was close to a million dollars for two dumb guys running a martial arts school. It was, it was pretty good. And had, had I not left the martial arts school, at the time we were, we were just about to, to open a second school, but my partner had some life changes that he had to make and we ended up selling it. But uh, then I went into marketing. I I'd been running a marketing agency on the side at, at, as I was doing the martial arts stuff. I really fell in love with, with marketing and selling. And, you know, that was in, I, the martial arts school thing really started in 2002. So that was, Google was just starting to be an important thing. When, when I first, the first bit of advertising we always did was yellow pages. It was all about the yellow pages, newspaper. Then all of a sudden this Google thing started 
becoming a thing, YouTube, and we started doing videos. And I, I, I rode that wave of learning the technology before anybody else in my competitive area was doing it. It was on Facebook before anybody. So I was killing, killing it with, with content, killing it with videos, what we do now, you know, but I was doing it back in 2004 and 2005. So that's the, that's the weird story. No, that, that definitely ahead of the curve, man. That's fantastic. So, I mean, let's, let's pick, let's parlay that then, right? You're, 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 you're failed IT guy <laughs> that, that went into half karate school, uh, you know, owner proprietor and half marketing guru. And obviously the marketing guru won. Great. Um, it's 2021. I don't know if the things from 2004 still work today. Um, I'd love to hear your opinion on that, but generally speaking, right. I mean, <clears throat> you work with MSP sales and business owners, you know, sometimes that's the same person, depending on the size of the company pitch their services, right. Present and position and pitch. How are things right now? What are you hearing from your peeps? Right. How, you know, how, how's the vibe out there? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, obviously this is a very weird time. So there's, there, there are folks out there struggling. You know, I hear that people aren't getting appointments. So I've been talking to a lot of MSPs, a lot of our clients on appointment setting strategies mm-hmm. and ways to get that. that, that does does um, the cold call still work? You, everything works, George. Everything works and everything doesn't work. It really, and you said, you, you made a good point when you said, do those things still work that you were doing back in 2004? I think when you jump into a, a, um, a technology that nobody else is, is really in tune with yet, you have an advantage. Oh yeah. Okay. So I'm curious about all those things. Like I jump into clubhouse as soon as I could playing around in there, seeing what are the opportunities there, but you, 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 there's so much stuff now uh, you have to go where your your clients are. That number one, but none of this stuff works by itself. Like just because you're on that technology doesn't mean it's going to work. It's always been about good sales process, good marketing process, and, and it, you know I think I think sales has changed even before 2002. Before I started doing that in the mid 90s, you know, getting getting more of consult, more consultative, but I think people are still catching up to that. It's not about hard sell anymore. Not about trying to hit people over the head with what you do. You got to build relationship, build trust um, more. So I think now than ever before, and it's, it's just going to keep increasing people. People want to know that you're a real person. They want to know that you care about them um, in a world where it, we're just so wired into all this crazy technology. So, but, so, so let me stop you right there. So are you, is it fair to say that the um, personal brand is as important as the corporate brand then? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I think everybody should be personally branding. Absolutely. I, I, and personal branding is just a, um, you know, I, I'm not, the term is a weird term. Like I just, just be active on social media, you know, don't, and personal branding is, is a simple thing. It's just post stuff to social media. That's a value. And it, it can be a joke, you know, as long as it's not something that it's gotta be business friendly, right? You've just, you have to be active. You have to be connecting with your community and being professional, leave the politics out of it, leave the, leave the personal family stuff out of it, unless you're running for office. I mean, if you're running for office, then go for it. But Build relationships. Don't be polarizing. Um, it's it's that simple. You know, get up every day and see who you can connect with. That's new. It, Facebook and LinkedIn tell you who you could be connecting with, who you're already connecting with. Just connect with a few new people, and post something. Post a picture. George, I'm always interacting with your stuff. And I'm what big, do we talk big, about? What do you? I'm a big movie, TV, and food. Exactly. So that that's keeps. You rise above everybody else in my newsfeed because we have a connection with that, right? You're also posting content that is business worthy, right? So if that doesn't, personal stuff doesn't connect with people, that's fine. Your business stuff. There's a balancing effect, right? I mean, you know, personal, like, hey, you know, I think we talked about, what was it? Uh, One of the movies that just came out, it was like, I think the Denzel movie. And I was like, Denzel movies are always great. I was like, but this one wasn't so good. Oh, what a letdown. Let's talk about that for a minute here. 
Uh, I was listen, so mad, that, George. That was, uh, yeah, Denzel. I mean, me and Patterson joked about this all the time. Denzel movies are like, there's never been a bad one until this one was just like, yeah. I feel this like was this is the money grab movie for, you know, for lack of a better term. I was, I was, so here's my big mistake. Like I almost always go and I look on, on the reviews. I look on, I love watching, uh, reading the Ebert reviews. Um, I always trust those. They, they align with me a bit. So I didn't look up the review. I was like, oh my God, it's Denzel. I love Denzel. It's Rami Malek. Who's awesome. It's Jared Leto, Lido, however you pronounce his name. Who's awesome. This can't be bad. I didn't look up the review and I got bit. And I'm like, now I got to watch Hunt for Red October just to get the stink out of my mouth. <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff out there, though. I mean, but, but, yeah, there was a there was a content shortage for a while, and now it all seems kind of coming back in full force. So, yeah. I mean, you know, everybody seems to finally be, you know, once you got the episode four on WandaVision, all of a sudden oh. you're like, oh, this isn't this is actually worth watching now. So I love that. Yeah, not exactly uh, Mandalorian uh, on the on the on the take up, you know, from the beginning, but it's finally getting interesting. Right, right. But you know, that's really that's me and you connect through that, you know, because we're we we love the DC stuff, we love the movie stuff and the Marvel, and and I'm always looking at your posts. I'm always clicking like on on your stuff. You rise to the top because you're out there. I'm big on I'm big on HBO Max right now, right? All yeah. all the Batman stuff seems to be aggregated there. And uh, I was big on that, uh, you know, the anim- Batman animated series back in the early '90s, right? That yep. that whole that whole series is on there. So I was like, all right, let's let's take a walk back on memory lane. But yeah, I just started rewatching Batman Beyond because of you and so you good, so good, so so amazing. So um, that's no, it. That's you know, coming so, back to that, George. That's personal branding. I mean, it's yeah. as easy as that. You're posting stuff that you like. So 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 consistently building up your your person, you know, your personal profile that gives you the ability to, to sneak some business stuff in there too. Right. Like, yeah. you know, listen, LinkedIn is not Facebook and Facebook's not LinkedIn and we get that right. And Twitter, well, I feel like that's a black hole sometimes. And like, but all these platforms lean certain ways, right. Depending on what content you're putting out there. But I think consistency is probably the, the first and foremost thing, right? Like posting yeah. every once in a blue moon probably doesn't help. No, you, you've got to be consistent with, with these things. And it doesn't have to be like every day, but it could be. I mean, the more you do, the more you're going to get out of it. But, you know, you, you've, you, you've, got to, you've got to do stuff. And, and I just think, you know, these days, like, I, I force myself, not force myself, I enjoy doing it. I read every morning for at least 30 minutes. That's my morning ritual. And then I write. And I think if everybody, if that's one of the best pieces of advice I can give to people if they want to get into doing content is just keep a diary. Uh, like I use Evernote and I just make a new note every day. So when the idea pops in my head, I just go and I write. And even if it's a small idea and, and that creativity follows me the whole day. So as I'm going through the day, something pops in my head. I, I just write it down. I keep one post that I, that I call ideas, right? And, or one note that I call ideas. And I just keep writing in there. And I go back and I pull, I, I pull blog posts out of that. I pull other pieces of content, videos. And then you have content to put out there, whether it's on your company blog or your personal blog, have a personal blog or blog that's on good. LinkedIn. That's a, good, that's a good point. So how much is too much though, right? Like the first part that you just mentioned is people struggle to figure out how to create content. And I think that, you know, listen, content can come from a lot of different places. And on the other end, you have how much is too much, right? Like where, where, how do you figure out what the balance is, Mike? Well, it's got to be a balance of your, your work and in your life, right? Like, so you can't, you, you have to, you have to pull reality into it, right? Like what, who are you in your business, right? You don't, uh, if you have an appointment with a, a big client coming up, or you should be out there pros- doing your prospecting or doing your, uh, you know, cold calls or whatever it is you're doing to, to make the phone ring. Uh, you got to have your priorities straight, right? Like what's the most important thing? Um, you know, I, I just, I still think it's going back since the beginning that the content play is, 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 is big. You know, if you want to really blow up your marketing content play is playbook of some kind is where it's at. And you, you, you can, it can be really, really simple as far as just posting things to Facebook, posting things to LinkedIn, getting used to it, but you got to think bigger, like what, what can I give my 
community that they really, really, really want. And then you can expand. You can turn this into a, a, a you know, something that's big that that's worth collecting an email for, right? Like a white paper or a, or or something. Like and and you know, for for IT guys, it's like a cybersecurity checklist. Or there's all sorts of things you can do. Great pieces of content that somebody can use that's email worthy. Like give up give up an email for this. And then you go go create content that talks about that piece of content. Right. So if you put that piece of content behind a landing page where you're collecting an email address for it, and then you your blogs and your social media is all about that. Right. So if you do a cybersecurity checklist, for example, you talk about cybersecurity and then you reference that they can go download this free report. That's how your your content strategy can really blow up and take off. And if you do that every few months, you know, you create this bigger piece of content and then blog about those pieces of content and videos about those pieces of content, you'll have something pretty cool. Okay, so what, like, why don't you give people an idea of like the best thing, like what content have you created that went the furthest for you? Give us a couple of ideas. So we did, let's see, there's, you know, strangely enough, the biggest piece of content that we have as audit that has worked really, really well, despite my attempts to kind of outdo it is our, a sample of our report. It's like one of the first things that I put out there and I did it because I figured, okay, we're, we're going to be at an event. Right. And it was like the first event we were going to, we had just launched maybe a couple months earlier and we were like, let's give away the sample report. And we still have it. It's, uh, you know, you know, Dan Tomaszewski from, ID agent. Well, there, I was going to say there's two, right? So we just need to there's make sure. There's two Dan Tomaszewski's and they live in the same, like, like I think I, they One street again. apart they lived or something. So weird. And they're both IT guys. <laughs> like the other Dan T is a T is, is a uh, IT guy, but we use, Dan was uh, one of our early clients and he, he was a big advocate of audit and he allowed us to use a sample report from his MSP at the time. And we, we just loaded it up as a free giveaway on our website. It's still on our website. Like that's still there. That If you download it, you'll get Dan T's old PDF, the PDF of his sample report from four years ago, which is hilarious and great. But nothing has ever outdone that. So as I do content, we, we drive people to that. And that performs the best for us because of what we do, right? Like that's the product. That's the thing that's going to come out of our system. That's the thing that people really want to know they want to know about. So it's, it's always so, the so, easiest to get an email from. Well, let's pivot that, right? Let's say you're an MSP. If you had a really good looking prospecting report that you create, if you go and do like a network audit or a quarterly review sample document or a, um, you know, kind of the green, red, yellow thing that you do, right? Which is like, hey, these are the things that are most important to you. Here's what your grade is upon whatever the last time I ran this. Do, do you think that would work? Or has it been working? You mean giving like a sample, them giving a sample report? You know, we, yes and no. So I wouldn't just email it off like as an MSP because you want an effect when you're doing a presentation. The, the reason audit works is because of, it's very different. It's novel. It's it's like, uh, you know, if you read the book Made to Stick, it's it kind of follows along with that book. Familiar with that the book Made to Stick? I, I haven't read it. I've got to be honest. It's a really good book. It's it's from a bunch of years ago, but it, it's and Frank talks about the concepts in the, in Made to Stick, and it, it's that when you're presenting something, whether you're presenting to technology, you know, technology or, or anything. I mean, everything has a jargon component to it. You have to people people will shut out something that's confusing. Their brain literally will stop paying attention to you if they're confused. So the idea of the book and, and why audit works so well is because it's simple. Uh, but one of the things they say in the book is, is it has to be different. It has to be novel. And, and I think mm -hmm. that's an important effect when they first see an audit report as a prospect, they, they, it's novel and the novelty of it, the differentiation, the differentness of it pulls people into it. So I don't know if I'd give that away. We do, uh, we have a, 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 they can generate a, what we call rapid assessment. And a lot of our MSPs have been using that, having some pretty good success with, with a marketing slash cold call type of strategy, however you're driving people into your funnel. 
and uh, you know, Robin Robbins created the 10 minute call marketing. They, she did this with us, right? So we, she, she created a piece of marketing uh, content that, that she put out a while ago called the 10 minute call. And it's designed to get people on a quick, Hey, let's, let's talk on the phone, 10 minutes. We'll go through a list of things to make sure that you're, you're covered from, you know, and this was back in July when we're in the middle of the pandemic, we're still in the middle of it, it feels like, but um, I don't know. It feels like Groundhog Day. Anyway, the, the, it's like simple things like, do you have two-factor authentication, right? Are your, are your phones, are your, are your employees able to use phones outside of the office? So they go through this on, the, on a Zoom call with the prospect and they'll click off whether it's red, yellow, green. They'll actually build the report on the Zoom call and then they turn on the camera and present it to them and then close them on a technical assessment. So I love that idea, whether you use audit or whether you use something else. No, no, that's good. I mean, Bob, Bob actually chimed in on a Facebook message on our, on our live stream here. He said, Hey, we're talking about contact or content, uh, avoid the perfection pit. Yeah. Uh, I think that I'm going to kind of streamline that into another thought, which is, you know, back to your point, right? You're, we're, sometimes we're taking very complicated things and we're trying to deliver technology to non-technology people, right? Uh, and listen, everybody's aptitude for technology over time has gotten more and more, right? Just because it's ingrained in everyday life. We get that. But I think part of the struggle, what, you know, no matter what you're pitching, right? If you're in the MSP seat or, or if you're in the IT services seat, if you're in the vendor to an, uh, an MSP seat, overcomplicating things, turn, you know, to your point, like people run away in the other direction. Like if you can't simplify the, con- like some of these, some of these, ideas, concepts, you know, like Matt Lee was on here earlier, right? Dude can talk about security until you're so far down that conversation. You think you were talking Greek. I mean, knowing your audience, right. But trying to take something that's uber technical and streamline it into an easily consumable business conversation. Isn't that half the, half the battle, Mike? I mean, I think that's part of the challenge here. Yeah. It's all, uh, to me, that's all the battle in selling period is you have to, you know, there's, there's a lot to selling, right? We could sit here and talk about sales strategy for, for the next three hours. But when you, when you get down to it, you're trying to help somebody become happily involved with your product. And you have to take them on a journey. You have to understand what, what it is they want and then show them that what you have gives them what they need, what they just told you they need. You know, and, and going back, to, it's funny, going back to my, my early days of running a martial arts school, the sales process was very similar to what the, what it guys go through. It was a two step. Really? (laughs) Yeah. It was a, basically it was a technical assessment and then a close, a presentation to close. We were doing, you know, we're breaking boards, but totally, you know, different, but I was doing the same kinds of things. You know, you have that first lesson where you're, and, and, when I was, when I would be selling this, I'm selling to a, a child usually and a mom. Our, our biggest audience was kids at that time when back then. Now I think uh, with MMA, once MMA started coming up and UFC started coming up, uh, more adults take martial arts now than they did when I was first doing it. But actually, well, when I first started doing it, it was all adults and then it went kids for a long, 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 long time. Uh, but I was selling to usually a six-year-old and a mom. The mom was more making the decision. And in the first meeting, the first, it was, it was really to understand her needs, the mom's needs. What does mom want for the kid? And I had to understand that if I go in and I start talking about how this kid's going to, going to learn how to fight, going to be able to punch bullies in the mouth and, you know, beat up everybody. And they're good. And mom's just thinking, my kid can't sit still. And I want my kid to sit, be able to sit still in school. And that's why I'm here. So my job in that first meeting, the technical assessment is to understand why mom wants her child to be here. The kid just want a kid easy. The kid wants to have fun. Kid wants to run around and have fun. I can sell kid on a martial art, on martial arts in, in five minutes, but I have to understand what mom needs. And then when you do the next presentation, when you do your clothes, you're going explaining things in a way that relates, that shows them that you understand and you listen to them and you're talking about their, their needs, right? So I'm talking to mom, I'm talking about mom's needs, but you as MSP are talking about their business needs. 
It's a business conversation. They don't care about the speeds and feeds, right? They, they, they're going to, they're just going to get confused. And, and um, uh, Eric Torres at, at Datto explained it on, a, on an interview that I did with him in a great way. He talked about a, a car. Like if you go in to buy a car, you, you don't need to know how the combustion engine works to, to I, buy I, it. And, just this example the other day nobody like if unless you're a car guy or girl you're not opening up the hood right you just expect no, like even that the engine even is there are, even if you are a car guy you're not at a nissan dealership to buy your race car right you're you're there to buy the car that you you just want to how much horsepower does it have does that mean it'll go fast cool or does it have ABS, abs brakes is it a family car so it's 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 really you've got to put it in the terms that uh the the buyer understands you know the um i was telling eric my my, my msp joke is how many uh, msps does it take to to screw in a light bulb just one but before he screws it in he's got to tell you how the light bulb was made how the filament how electricity works how the glass was blown like just screw in the light bulb I think, I think, you know, it often gets lost on people who aren't doing sales like every day, all day long that, and, and that's probably a lot of the MSPs out there of a certain size. Um, you can oversell yourself out of the deal. Yes. You can yeah. like, so, so understanding when the stop is probably an important, an important trait, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's all about, to me, it's all about listening, asking good questions and listening and then when you when you when you ask the right questions and you're listening you will hear what it is they need to hear to buy from you a consultative approach right think of yourself as their consultant as their um you're there to serve them right you're there to solve their problems and to do that you have to understand their problems ask questions listen then you come back and you explain exactly what you're going to do to help them to get to where they got to go but it's it's about their business needs right they did they they they're i doubt they were there talking to you about how they really really need to to you know motherboards and circuits and you know they're talking to you about their business needs yeah i was just um i was just we just had a company kickoff the other week and we had a couple of partners come in just to tell us about their msps and how we work with them and stuff like that and you know one of them came in, talked to our team, and um, he said, "You know, they were they, you know, for pure play MSP, they were shooting between, you know, fifty to hundred users, right? You know, which is pretty common, right? I mean, you know, they were they shied away from the really really small shops, etc. But um, he said, when you're talking to the people on that, you know, quantity count, right, in terms of company size, they really don't care what technology brands are underneath the hood, like they just." They don't even ask. I mean, like, I understand everybody uses different ways, different wedges to get into the door. And there's a lot of different ways. But generally speaking, he said, they just want to know that you know what you're doing, that you're putting in the right stuff. And if there's an issue, they can get a hold of you, right? I mean, yeah. obviously, they don't want to call all day, every day. They want it to work more than not. But they don't care what antivirus you put in. They don't care what firewall you put in. They don't care what Wi-Fi access point you put in. I mean, you know, do certain household names pop up? Sure, Microsoft. I mean, that's recognizable. You know, or maybe like Dell or HP. Maybe come, you know, that may be more recognizable because it's a brand name that you would buy at a Best Buy. But like, so a lot of the security stack that that pops up today, a lot of the downstream tools in 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 the stack, right? And you know, on average, I think that's gotten you know, three or four years ago, it used to be like 20, 25 products in the stack. Now it's closer to forty, believe it or not. Uh, by the time you 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 know take a look at everything the MSP is consuming, right? Like you might not sell RMM to your customer; it's just baked into your your solution, but it's part of what you need to do to deliver service. Anyway, um, they don't care, right? Um, it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know, like maybe they'll care. Be, you know, Billy from Rocket Cyber's on last week, and he was like, "Well, maybe they'll care if they're if the headline is in the is in you know every news channel, right? Because there's yeah. a problem." I was like, okay, I haven't thought about it that way until you just said it, but fair. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, they usually don't ask, right? They, they usually don't like it's, it's immaterial to the deal. And then, no. yeah, I mean, there's, you, you, you nailed it. There's certain tool, there's certain things that have 
you know, Microsoft, like you said, there's certain things that have some swagger to them, but for the most part, they're not going to care. And the only one who really cares is us, right? Like I was, I, I, I had a couple of really good interviews on our podcast and, and one of them was with an author of a book called The Perfect Close. And okay. um, that's interesting already. Yeah, it's a really good book. Uh, if you, if you, uh, especially if you, if you really feel like you're, you're not an aggressive salesperson, it, it takes away all the aggression or all that kind of, you know, all those old fashioned stupid tricks and, and schemes you used to have to do to go out and sell you tie downs, the Ben Franklin clothes, weird stuff like that. None of that. Ben Franklin clothes. What's that? You don't know. The, oh my God. There's this book. Oh, I should grab it. Uh, the Ben Franklin clothes is where you put, you take a piece of paper and you, you make a, a, a pros and cons list. Okay. You have the person list off all of the, 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 and I forget the way it is, whether you have them list off the cons first, I think you have them list off the cons and then basically you're getting them to go to, to you're, you're kind of pushing them in a way where, where you're, you're, you go, okay, if I could, if we can do all this, you, you'll sign, right? Like it's, it's that pressure stuff. Okay. There's all sorts of closes like that. And a lot of sales, a lot of old school sales stuff is like that. This takes all of that away. It makes it, it turns, turns the close into two, two simple questions that you use to kind of advance the sale. Um, great. But he, we were, we were talking about it because he's a big, the author is a big advocate of big study of behavioral and cognitive economics. Okay. Which is, I like to geek out on that kind of stuff. It's really interesting to me. And I kept asking him questions about it. And I learned something from him after that, because he goes, after the show is over, he goes, you know, you're the first person to interview me who's ever asked me about this behavioral cognitive stuff. And I said, really, that's interesting. Because to me, it's interesting why people buy. It's really the, as far as why audit works, the simplicity of it, it's the science behind why it works. So I love explaining it to people. And he goes, you know, my publisher said, take all that stuff out of the book. Like hmm. you shouldn't put ton of, put it in the, in the back of the book and, and cite it, but you gotta, you gotta tone it down. Nobody wants to hear all that mumbo jumbo. I thought, man, I fell into that trap of geeking out on stuff that matters to me. So circling back to what you were talking about, all this stuff matters to the MSP, what products you use, what the technology is, what the things behind it mean. Those things are, those things matter to us in the industry and it matters to the MSP, but you have to put yourself in the shoes of the person across the table. They don't care. They already trust you. You know, you have that trust. You don't even need to be, build that trust and credibility. I had another person who uh, I've had a bunch of people on who are experts in, in that kind of cognitive behavioral thing that's, you don't, you don't need to prove that you're an expert. They brought you in, they believe you're an expert. Mm. So just now learn about what their, what their needs are and present it to them in a way they understand. And uh, it's, it's, it's just not important to them. Interesting. So <clears throat> zooming back out, right. To the people that you're talking to on a regular basis, right. We're in February already. January was gone before we even knew it. Right. Um, what is working right now, right? What marketing? What marketing is seems to be finally, you know, we're hearing a lot that the old schoolish mechanisms are actually starting to take hold uh, a little bit more than they used to, right? When there was just so much noise and everybody's out in the street, right? And then 2020, we don't have to talk about why, but everybody got stuck. Everybody was paying attention more for some reason because they couldn't go anywhere. Now all of a sudden, the stuff that just kind of got drowned out bubbled up to the top again. So. Now that we're into 2021, what what have you been hearing is working? Um, like, I know here at Bevoy, whenever we do a presentation or uh, some sort of peer group or some sort of group of people, I actually hand write a card and I send them a couple beer glasses. Yeah, it's great. I am uh, like nothing crazy. Might cost like you know 15, 20 bucks, but just just the fact that you're sending them a box in the mail with a handwritten card, old school, way old school. But they seem to react off of that. What are you hearing is work? So, you know, this is going to sound, I don't know if this is going to sound wishy-washy or not. Maybe, I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm evading, evading the question. But what I've found is that activity is working. 
as simple as that sounds like people are doing all sorts of, I'm seeing people do all sorts of different things, but what's common when people tell me that there's nothing going on and we start digging deeper, it turns out they're not doing anything. They're waiting for stuff to come to them. So mm-hmm. the, probably the best advice is just go knock on doors, pick up the phone, send emails, post content, host an event, host a webinar, invite people to it, talk to people. You just have to get, you have to take, you have to do some activity. And people who are doing activity are, are seeing results, you know, because people need IT guys. You're, you're in an industry where they need you. Um, now, there are some industries that are just not taking any business, right? Like the, the but that's going to change. And, and we are seeing that change a little bit. But it's really, I'm not seeing any one thing that's crushing it over another thing. Um, but I am seeing that the people who go out there and, and take action are seeing things happen. And I'm seeing some cool stuff. I'm seeing people do content who never did content before. We've got one client who's out there posting videos every day. He's got a videographer coming in and he's doing really professional stuff. And it's really, really cool. And you can see the activity, you know, he gets, he's on LinkedIn all the time and those videos pop up. His clients are seeing them. Um, It's just, you just got to do something, you know, and again, it doesn't, it's not necessarily about the tactic. I think if you're, not comfortable getting up in front of a video, then find something else to do. You know, I really think that that content is, is important. Invite your folks to, to come on a webinar with you. That's, that's great content. Sounds simple, but if it's effective, great. Yeah. I mean, it's, Um, but it's activity, George. It's like, you know, when you send out an email and people see you, that's activity. That's there, there. It's a touch. Well, I'm sure everyone on this call or anyone that'll watch this will, you know, like I forget at one point it was like, oh, you need seven, seven touch points. Right. And then it turned into 15 touch points. And now it's like 25 touch points. Right. Like um, how many activities equal an outcome? Right. Like is what's that number to you? A lot, (laughs) a lot. You know, it's it's to, to me, forget about the number and just be consistent. Just keep doing it. Make like if I was if if I was a, the marketing agency for an MSP, I would tell them I want you to create uh, one webinar for every three months. That's your assignment. Is I want you to create a good quality webinar for every three months about whatever this important topic is at the time. And go, you know, if you're confused by by what to talk about, go out and Google things that your client may be talking about. Let Google tell you what 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 the keywords are, right? Like if, if you have the ability to do some keyword analysis that, that can help to see what kind of um, phrases on Google are getting traffic. But when you type in something on Google, you know, on the, it shows you the FAQ on the bottom. So it'll suggest to you other keywords and you can start doing a bit of research on the kinds of content you should be publishing. I do that all the time, right? Like selling IT services is a key phrase for us. So I'll put that into Google and I'll see what comes up. I'll look at other content. I'll look at the FAQ, start drilling down through the FAQ and, and find all sorts of other cool things to create content for. But I'd tell them, create like one webinar for every three months. And then your content play, your communication play for the three months is around that. Hosting the live webinar is, is probably something that's going to take you two, three weeks. So the first month you're just publishing, you know, pushing people to register for that, for that webinar. A couple of things are happening, right? People are going to come on the webinar, but a lot of people won't. But all those people saw you in the inbox. They saw your email. They had to delete your email. They had they saw you on social media. They had to scan by you. So it's an impression, constant impression all month, right? Then the next month, you could put that replay up there. And then you start writing other pieces of content or publishing just a blog post that references that content, pull snippets out of that content. If you look at some of the stuff that I do, I always take small videos and short clips and I try and publish them on social media and then push people back to that content. It's just constantly being in front of people on a consistent, regular basis, at least once a week. If you can do a couple times a week, every day, great. That's the consistency is what's going to get you there. You know, and it's it's really just, uh, I need it today, right? Like you business, a business is going to wake up one day and go, 
we really should look into our, our IT stuff. I've been seeing this guy for like the past two months. Let's call him. Yeah. No, it, it does work, right? It's it's uh, co- coming back to like the subliminal messaging. I don't know if that's the right pre- presentation or the buying behavior, right? Like some of the scientific stuff that you're talking about. Uh, consistency counts, right? And, yeah. you know, making sure that you, I mean, and, and you, that's actually a good topic that you brought up, taking content and stretching its value, right? Yeah. Some people have a really hard time coming up with things to talk about or content to create, or maybe they struggle just to, Put out something quality, right? So, you know, you can take that, you know, like let's say you did a one hour webinar, you might be able to cut up 10 pieces of video from that one hour webinar right around that, push that back out, right? Now you've I'm not going to say recycled, right? You've strategically taken a piece and positioned it properly, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's so, yeah. so that that's super effective. I mean, video, it seems like blogging that was like the mid two, like early 2000s, mid 2000s. Like now today, you can still blog, but you almost need some sort of video attached, at least something. Like or if, like you can't just put out text and hope that people read it. I think that that that's not going to work anymore, right? Well, text is. I still think text is important. You know, it's the it's that's the language of search. So as you start, as you continue to put out content on the on a blog, written content, you can if you do it right and you're strategic with it. Uh, eventually that can take on a life of its own, you know, especially if it's just, it's telling the search engine what your company is about and what you are about. And it's, it's helping them to put you into the search results that count. So if you're talking to, and it really starts to me, it starts with talking to your ideal client. And, And this, this may not seem sound like this is a very old concept, but answer the frequently asked questions that you get answered, you get asked. Um, when I, when I was still at the martial arts school and I was blogging and doing video, what I would do is I listed out all the questions I got asked on a regular basis. And I just wrote stuff to that in a gazillion different ways. I mean, the number one question we got was how much does it cost? And that answer is it depends. And then I can, I can go off on a tangent. It depends on, do you have a family? Martial arts is right for families. And then I can start going off in a direction about why martial arts is great for a family, all based on how much does martial arts cost? So I, I used to write all sorts of blog posts uh, on that kind of stuff. And, and the cool thing with that is then you can uh, put it in a teleprompter app on your smartphone, turn on the smartphone and read the blog post. Then you can split the audio from the video that you just did and put it on a podcast. And then you can take the video that you did, turn it into little short video clips and post all those little video clips to promote the bigger video and just tons and tons of stuff. But it's, it's all, it all starts from, to me, it's all about writ- written content is where it starts. You have to write out or at least know what you're, yeah, so, and that's not true. Some people can just speak better than they can write and they speak off the cuff. For me, I like to write out what, I, what I'm gonna say and read it. <laughs> Um, this is good though. I mean, so a lot of people, I mean, I can't tell you how many times and I feel like it has never died, right? It's still in February 2nd, 2021 when we're recording this. I mean, I spent $30,000 with some outside marketing company and I didn't get anything back. And I'm like, okay. I was like, well, how long were you using this marketing company? Three months. Wow. $30,000 in three months. I was like, nothing in marketing usually works in three months. So you didn't even give it enough time to let it work. No. So what'd you do? Well, I stopped paying and I decided to go and do it on my own. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, was that what you're doing before you hired the marketing company? Yeah. How'd that work? Well, I hired the marketing company. I was like, okay. I was like, then what did you do? It's like, now I'm looking for another marketing company. I was like, sounds like a vicious cycle here, guy. So like, listen, if you don't have the time to do it on your own, there's no, there's nothing wrong with using an outside marketing agency or company that, that there's a lot of companies out there that specialize in IT, in the IT land, right? But you can't just expect them to come up with all the stuff. Like you need to be in the middle of that content. Yeah. And if you don't personalize it, it's going to fall deaf. Like they'll do the work. They'll put it out there for you. But will, will you actually get any results back from it? I don't think you're going to get good results no matter who's doing it. No, I ran a marketing agency for many, many years. I started it while, while at the martial arts school because – it, it was just people, people kept asking me how I was doing what I was doing for the martial arts school. So it just normal, it naturally grew. 
Um, and then in 2010, I went full-time with the market marketing agency. And I can tell you from years of doing that, that the businesses that were really successful had people devoted to marketing inside of their company. They didn't just hire us and abdicate the marketing to us. They were working with us. The ones who were the, the worst clients were the ones who came to us because they had like, you know, $5,000 left in the bank and they needed to hit a home run. And, you know, we need business this month. That's not the way marketing works. Spend your money, go, you know, spend your time and effort cold calling because that will work better. And, and cold calling, we started that with does cold calling work. I still think, I think it does work. Um, but it, it, it does. I, I, whoever says cold calling doesn't work. I mean, listen, it's, you got to have the, you know, you got to be willing to, to, to get rejected a bunch, but yeah, of course, absolutely why work. people say it doesn't work because they don't want to, they, they don't like it. I mean, of yeah. course it works. It's probably works, you know, it probably works better than anything else to me. Yeah. You know, cause you're calling, you're actually talking to a person. Like if you can get a person on the phone, it's human voice to voice. You're, 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 you're directly trying to contact a person, not email. It's just, you know, I think it works darn well if you do it right. No, you can you can connect that the dots a couple of different ways, right? We talked about this in the past. Cold calling followed up by an email, followed up by you know a, a drip campaign, you know that sends them you know something while you're going through your you know your calling process, uh, or that followed up with even a hard mailer, right? Put something in this in the mail, fifty cents, right? Postcard, whatever, and then a follow up, an invitation for them to come to something like a webinar. I mean. It's not that much more, but the phone call is still the biggest part of that. Right. If I was going to do it, like, again, I would do it around an event. So I would make, if I was going to do cold calling, I would make it as um, non-abrasive as I could. I would call up and I'd say, hey, I'm hosting a uh, webinar on cybersecurity with my, you know, threat locker or somebody to, you know, they all have a lot of, the, most of these vendors have these sales enablement programs. They'll jump on webinars with you, right? Oh, yeah. Like, They'll Set basically do the work for you. You just need to show up. Yeah. Buy some traffic and show up. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Pick up some, I mean, I'm sure everybody's got a drawer full of business cards, right? Like if you, if you do any networking, you probably got a drawer full of business cards. I'd go pull out all the old business cards I had. And I would call them and I would ask them if they would like to come to, to the training, to the webinar. It's free. It's, it's, you know, who's going to be mad at you for doing that? Easy. Just sound. It just sounds like a little bit of encouragement to go out and do the activity <laughs> is yeah. what's missing, right? Yeah, I mean, listen. At the end of the day, we can talk about this and and tell tell people how easy it is. But the reality is, is it sucks picking up the phone. Like nobody likes picking up the phone and, and bugging somebody. You're interrupting somebody's day, and people are going to get mad at you. People are going to get short with you. It is what it is. But that's it works. You know, if you Not can fair. make it, if you can make it easy for people to be, be, to, to do what you want them to do, then it's not as bad. You know, you're not going to feel as bad. You just got to psych yourself up for it and be hundred percent. The most successful salespeople are willing to, you know, they'll, they'll, you know, they're not just going to stop. Right. They're the people that are going to do the activity over and over and over again. Right. Um, yeah, the targeting activity is important, but yeah. yeah, I think the problem is George, that people look for the easiest way. And the easiest way, and I, I've done it too. I mean, we're all guilty of doing it. Like, I don't want to make it sound like I'm anybody special here. We look for the easiest, what's the easiest way I can get a client today without having to get my feelings hurt, without having to bug anybody, without having to get yelled at. Sometimes it's just, you got to psych yourself up and go, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to bug some people today. <laughs> Block an hour off and bug some people. Well, we start, we started off the webinar with, you know, what's the vibe out there? How are things going? And you start off with saying, some people are really not doing good. I'm sure that there's some people are doing really good, but yeah. for the people who are not doing good, I think history has proven that when somebody's backs against the wall or put into the corner, that's when they're going to take all the roadblocks out, pull all the stops out and figure out a way to make it happen or else, you know, it's survival, right? Yeah. I mean, you got to fight, you know, the, the thing with marketing is, is, and you said it, we've talked about it a bunch of times, it's consistency. Um, everybody's panicking now because of what's going on and they're doing stuff and they're talking about doing stuff. And that's great, but you should have been doing stuff last year. Now, 
I'm not saying that to, to be, to, to, to rub it in your face. What I'm saying is when this is all over and business is good because the, the things are going to start coming around again and we're getting to the tail end of this, the vaccines are coming out, things are opening up, it's going to get better and business is going to come out of the woodwork. Don't stop marketing because that's what you're going to do. You're going to go, wow, everything's great. I'm getting all referrals again. I'm going out and doing stuff and things are coming easy. And then they stop marketing. You'll put, remember this, remember the feeling if you're, if you're in that situation, because the business, the businesses that really have been doing the best are the ones that have been building pipeline from well before the pandemic, they were consistent with their marketing. They were consistent with their sales outreach. It's funny that you say this, Mike, because I feel like this is also another one of those vicious cycles. Somebody starts out, right? They, they open up their company. They're out there, gangbusters, flyers and phone calls and whatever they can do to get somebody to pay attention. They finally get some business in. They're finally doing all right. And then they stop. And then the next guy pops up and, you know, in the, you know, across town and they're doing the, you know, the, the stuff that you originally did when you started and you stopped, right? Now you're wondering why this guy's getting, you know, business coming through the door, right? Like to your point, if you just completely stop on activity, you basically hemming yourself up. Yeah. And, and, you know, good sales manager, good sales manager will always tell you they, they can, they can tell when somebody stops prospecting, when one of their people stops prospecting, because in, in, in a month, their, their pipeline dries up. Yeah. All of a sudden their, their appointments go down and, and they can always relate it back to you just stopped your activity. You've, you've got to get, you know, things going and you've got to make it, it marketing can be, everything can be complex, but you don't have to make it too complex. Just figure out a plan of communicating. And I, I like the, the, the word ed, educating better than communicating. It, it's think about how you're going to educate the public. You guys as IT guys have so much knowledge, so much stuff to teach. You have so much support from the vendor community where you can get them on webinars. You, easy set those up, set a calendar up of a bunch of events you're going to do throughout the year, pick at least four, do more if you can, don't overdo it. You know, don't, don't bite off more than you can chew and, and then quit. Maybe not, one, maybe not one, one a day, but I can see one a month. I can see yeah. two a month. Like that's not outrageous. Yeah. Pick something up, pick something that you can really commit to and, and keep the pace up and keep doing it when things get busy for your company, you know, do, Make sure you take the time to, to make sure you're operating correctly, right? Document document things that you're doing so that you can hire employees. Um, well, well, it's in, it's interesting, Mike, to that actually to that exact point because it just hit me in the head. So I'm starting to see like a lot of times when somebody hires their first or second or third salesperson, right? Outside of the owner, right? The guy who started it, they just have a problem with the positioning and the value and the value prop and all that jazz. Like maybe that's not the right play at times. Maybe the right play is for to have somebody out front, you know, in, in, in vendor land, we call it like SDR or BDR, right? Somebody who's literally filling up the calendar so that you, the person who's going to be able to position things best are getting into conversations with somebody who's potentially in a buying scenario, right? Yeah. Rather than you trying to do the whole process yourself. So if you're the person that's going to be the best person to sell what you do, put somebody else in front of you to start filling up your calendar so that your time is spent on what could be the closing calls or what could yeah. be money generation activity. And that could simply be a marketing person, right? Hire a, a, a kid out of college to, to do the marketing for you. Somebody who understands the technology of social media, all that stuff, likes, you know, somebody who's communications oriented and has that kind of you know, ability to get out there and communicate and educate for you and then educate the world on, on what you do, you know, make some, I, I like that play. And, and I know Frank uh, Benedetto, my, the, the founder of, of Audio, who runs an MSP, that's exactly what he did. He hired a marketing person and he's out there still selling. She goes with him sometimes. She's learned how to actually sell, but she's, she's really f helping him fill that pipeline up so that he can go out there and do what he does best, which is sell his IT services. And what he's done really well is documenting every single little thing. Everything's an SOP in his, in his MSP. So he can take one of his employees and go, here's, here's some new responsibilities for you to get earn more money and to, to grow your career. And, and he went through that process of making sure that his IT company works at a high level without him so that he can go out there and sell. There's and no question. Like we always talk about 
the glass ceilings in MSP land, right? Like $1 million in revenue. Okay, great. Like people have a hard time getting to that point. And then once they get to that point, like, all right, the next one's like two to $3 million in revenue, right? It's really hard to get jump between that. And then five, right? Part of the process, part of the problem is that in the early going, one person is trying to drag everything from in, through the entire process, right? Yeah. They're prospecting. They're trying to get into calls, trying to close them, trying to onboard them. Then they're trying to support them. At some point, there's only so many hours in the day and you get burnt out. And then like, we all know that story. So start breaking that apart, right? Like you're the most valuable person, you know, let's say in, in order to bring in new business, as I said, let's say it's a marketing person. Let's say it's a demand generation person is probably the best way to say it. They're filling up your calendar. All right, what happens if you close someone, right? Are you the one that's going to onboard them? Are you the one that's going to continue to support them? Or you know, can you can you help offload the back end and the front end and you concentrate in the middle, right? That's how you start to grow from a scale standpoint, right? You start divvying out who's responsible for what. I just think sometimes the, once you get to a certain point, the MSP, the, like the, the original founder, owner, like the the person that's bleeding and, and, and losing sleep tr- trying to make it successful – their time ends up getting usurped in areas that's not valuable, right? And then they end up wondering what happened at the end of the year when they go to do their taxes and they're like, I'm negative. What the hell happened? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, running, you know, listen, running a business is hard. There's, you know, there's a lot to it. And and really when you're in that position and you're looking at it going, you know, am I doing this right? Am, am I you know, taking on too much? Am I going to, like, am I going to crash and burn at some point? Then it's time to kind of, you know, find some people to be around who are where you want to be and find some mentors, find peer group that's going to, you know, help, help guide you. 100%. I I think, you know, it doesn't always have to be the very, very expensive six-figure person is the next person you hire to figure out how to move forward, right? Sometimes you, you need complementary staff. I can't stress that enough. Marketing and sales are now tied together, right? They're not separate departments. If you're looking at it that way, I think it's a mistake. One is, de- you know, like they're, they're designed to work together, right? They're not meant to be separate. And if they do, a lot of the time the messaging breaks apart, which is why a lot of the times the outside marketing company who has no feedback from you and has no input in the content creation on your part they're just shooting in the dark and then you drop your 20, 30, 40, 50, $60,000. And then you're worried what happened to all of that money and how come I don't have anything for it. So there's a way to pr- protect yourself from that. I can't stress enough. Uh, be a part of the content creation, personalize it, create your brands, not just your company brand, but your personal brand. I think that goes together. Amen. Um, and Hey guys, don't hesitate to ask the guy next door what's working. I know there's the castle mentality and competition and all that jazz, but I know there's a lot of people who do even informal peer groups or get togethers, right? Hey, what's working for you? Maybe they're in another city and you, you know, you're not worried about competition, but I, I would, I would ask the question. I mean, cause there's a lot of smart people out there uh, other than me and Frank and Ken and everyone else watching, but sometimes people come up with really good ideas and they share, right? I think that's the best part about actual, the IT and the MSP community, right? People are willing to share. Um, and that's how people kind of, you know, that whole float, you know, all boats float up together kind of thing concept. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, but if you're on an Island and you don't want to talk to anyone and you think, you know, it all, I think that, I think that'll play out in a bad way in the end. Uh, that's my opinion. hundred percent. You know, you, everybody's going to get to that point where they need some help. You know, we all need somebody to pull us up. Sometimes it, you know, it can be as simple as, as a book you read that just transformed your way of thinking about something. Well, you mentioned a couple of books. Let's repeat them. You said the perfect close pitch or perfect sales pitch, right? Perfect, perfect close. Perfect close. What was the other That's one? A that you great read? book. Uh, Made to Stick is an oldie but a goodie. Okay. Made to Stick. Um, Two Amazon buys for those people out there. Yeah. I mean, there's tons and tons of, I got like. I never heard about the Abraham Lincoln close, but yeah, I learned that, that today. Is in, uh, <laughs> don't do the Abraham Lincoln close. That's in an old book. So this guy's still kicking around. Like. All the stuff in this um, is is like stuff that you really have. It's like such old school salesy stuff. Like it's just a book full of closes. Uh, let's see. Let me see if I can find something stupid for you. And I, I shouldn't make fun of it because it's good stuff, but it's it's out. This is a little outdated. He's got stuff. He's he's got newer stuff. 
but um, right on. We've well, got everyone, to be, we've got to be I, more about trying to help people. Hundred percent. Well, everyone, I appreciate you listening to me and Mike go back and forth on marketing and sales and what's working. Hopefully, everybody took away a little tip from this from this session. Um, hey, Mike's available, right? And and me and Ken and everyone else that we have on these sessions. So, Mike, how do people reach out to you if they have a question or idea or looking for some advice? Yeah, well, just email me, Mike at audit4it.com is my email address. Um, Mike S. Brooks at LinkedIn. So linkedin.com slash in slash Mike S. Brooks. S stands for Superman. No, it doesn't. It's all good. This session yeah. was recorded. You'll find it online at mspinitiative.com. Um, you know, keep, keep coming back, right? Every Tuesdays and Thursdays we do this. And sometimes you just talk shop. Sometimes you actually have somebody on that's talking about something specific, but our goal is to help educate you. Hey, take a picture page out of our book and start doing this and see if you can help your, your business, right? Um, education is definitely a key word. Mike, as Mike pointed out, you want to educate people, not sell them. So Mike, appreciate you for jumping on today. I know it was a little bit short notice. Everyone else, thanks for watching, and we will uh, be back on Thursday, 1 o'clock Eastern. Thanks, George. You got it.